0: Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. On today's episode, I have invited a special guest, Tejal V. Patel, whose work I admire and want to share with you. She is a former divorce attorney turned certified mindful parenting coach, breathwork, meditation, and mindfulness expert for families. She helps modern moms infuse simple stress relief Resets into their busy day so they snap less and feel their best. She's a motivational speaker, host of the Time in Talks podcast, and author of the award winning book, Meditation for Kids 40 Activities to Manage Emotions, Ease Anxiety, and Stay Focused. She's also appeared on NBC 10, Fox 29, Philadelphia 17, Pix 11, Yoga Journal. Parents Magazine, the Huffington Post, US Weekly magazine, among other places, spreading awareness about the kids can meditate movement. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm looking forward to this rich conversation today.
1: I'm so honored to be here, Sue. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, you've been just about everywhere talking about your work, except for here, but now you're here. So let's uh, dive right in and talk about something that so many of us if not all of us have experienced over the last year that perhaps we can normalize or bring attention to and that's stress so how does stress show up in our body
1: so as a teacher of ayurveda and yoga one of the most fascinating things that i learned on this journey is a lot of times modern science takes the approach of stress management that we try to manage our stress. And Western, the Western philosophy is, let's try to manage the external situations and circumstances. And the reality is is that there's a lot that we can't control. And I think the pandemic really has highlighted that for us that the reality is that there's so many different things, emotions and circumstances and things that happen in our life that we can't control. So trying to manage our stress is actually an outside in approach. So what Eastern philosophy teaches us is that stress is an inside out approach. So it's all about energy management. Stress is simply an inability to manage our energy. And when stress manifests within us, it creates friction. And what we feel is either anxious or we feel angry or we feel a low energy, sadness, disappointment. So it's very interesting that you can, by understanding what emotion that you're feeling, can understand what stress type that you have. So when you're feeling anxious, that's a form of mental stress. It's a sign that there's too much energy circulating in our mind. And we have to move that energy down. And the quickest way that we can do that is through breath work, through doing specific yoga postures that move our energy down, doing specific meditations that help us ground down, versus when you're feeling emotional stress. Emotional stress is related to when we have emotions like anger or frustration or annoyance. That means essentially we have too much heat in our body. We all have this inner fire, which is called Agni in Ayurveda, which is the same energy that digests our food, what extrapolates our nutrients for our body to absorb. It's the same energy that manifests anger within us. It simply means that our body temperature is running too hot. So when we learn tools and breath works and body postures with, through yoga to help us cool our body down, we're going to automatically see that we're not going to feel angry frustrated, annoyed. And the beauty of it, it doesn't take very long. Once you know the breath works to do, you can easily infuse this into your life, build the recognition of what stress you're feeling and then using the right breath work. And then the last stress type that we experience is that low energy, that sadness, disappointment, even depression falls into that category, that low energy when you're feeling um, lack of motivation, That essentially means that there's too much energy that should be circulating up through our body is sedentary and in our legs. That's why we have those Netflix and chill. I want a glass of wine. I want to eat cheese. All those, those practices that we do that helps us kind of feel heavy and lethargic and kind of promotes that energy. And what we actually need is movement. We have to move the energy up through our movement from exercise and from our breath work. So the beauty of this is, is that building the awareness of knowing what stress that you're actually experiencing through understanding the emotions and then using the right tools to help you feel balanced from the inside out.
0: Wow, that is an amazing description of, of the three stresses. And I love how you describe what's happening You know, first in our minds, And our body running, you know, our body temperature running too hot and the lack of movement. Because I think for many, for many of the listeners, for many people out there in the world, we can connect with that. We can connect with that feeling, right? We may not want to call it stress because that in itself is stressful. But if we can connect to the energy that we're feeling inside, it's another way to bring awareness without labeling ourselves, right? I mean, especially in this last year the last thing we want to do is walk around with a lot of labels. <laughs> and so I love how you describe this. Not that I've ever had any of these stresses in my life. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> but I love how you describe this. And when you talk about the breath work, I, I'm going to ask you, is there a piece of that that you can share simply, you know, in a, in a 60 seconds or so that you can give our listeners the opportunity to To hear from you and to perhaps connect with?
1: Yes. So a lot of times, especially when I'm working with my clients, they come to me when they're in a state of they're recognizing that they're melting down too much, or they're kind of feeling um, anxious a lot, or they feel on edge. And that's when we feel like I think, uh, you know, our society makes us kind of think that that's when we do yoga, and that's when we do meditation. And that's when we do breath work when we kind of feel on edge. And the reality is, is that our nervous system is primed to respond in a way before that unexpected thing happens. So what I mean by that is that challenges and unexpected pivots and problems are gonna show up in our life unexpectedly. To determine how you're gonna respond, whether you're gonna react or have that that pre-meltdown pause, like I like to say, whether you're gonna be able to respond or you're gonna just immediately react all depends on whether your body is been primed to to stay in that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and relax state. When we're in a heightened state, when we're feeling a little anxious, we're rushing, we're multitasking, we're moving too fast, thinking about a lot of things, whether we realize it or not, we're in a heightened state of flight or flight. And so the breath work that I suggest my clients to do, the first and foremost thing is that even when you're not triggered or you're not feeling anxious or you're not feeling scattered, to anchor this breath. It's the breath that helps activate our parasympathetic nervous system to stay in that rest and relaxed state. And it's breathing in through your nose for five counts and exhaling through your mouth for five counts. But the breath, the exhale is not a blowing out. A lot of us think that it needs to be like a sigh Mm -hmm. out. It's actually imagining that if you had a candle in front of you, you're not blowing the candle out. You're just flickering the candle. You're letting the candle flame wiggle. So if you do that, you're inhaling through your nose for five counts. Slow inhale in. So it's not like a deep breath in, like, like a take a deep breath in. That's another thing that I see commonly that people do is like a large exhale in. It's a slow exhale in and then slow inhale in and a slow exhale out. So it's a like a seeping of the breath out. If you start anchoring that breath, that reset breath, when you're washing your dishes, when you're taking a shower, when you open your car door, just picking three different activities you do every single day and anchoring that breath and doing it three to five times, just slowing down that inhale and exhale over a period of time, you're just going to notice that you'll be able to cultivate that pre-meltdown pause. You're going to be able to just activate that slowness when something feels Disarray or out of balance, or a problem arises, or something's acting, calling you to pivot. And it's really powerful by just doing that reset breath. You can start changing and shifting the way you even move through your day.
0: Wow. As you were describing the, the breathing technique, I was trying it and my body just, I don't want to say melted, but it, it did feel kind of like it melted and relaxed. It it wasn't constricted, it wasn't sitting up tall, it just kind of relaxed my whole body. So uh, not that I don't practice various things, but what a beautiful gift that you just gave me. And I hope for all our listeners that um, have heard this, give it a try and see how it feels because I could definitely feel in just that couple of seconds that I did it, a, a huge shift. And another really simple thing to add with that practice
1: is if you place your hand on your heart, our heart, it's interesting that if you breathe and you envision that breath coming from your heart, you know, our, our heart actually has a brain and a memory system and it's just as powerful as our brain. So If we regulate our heart, it sends signals to our brain to calm down and regulate. And so easily just even placing your hand on your heart sends a signal to our body that it's okay. It's safe. It's okay to calm down and slow down. So even just doing that breath with placing your hand on your heart can even ground you and slow you down and relax you even quicker, which is so powerful. That's such a simple thing that we have control over can shift our energy Um, so dramatically.
0: Yeah, I I love the hand on the heart. I practice that almost every day as Mm -hmm. a reset just in and of itself. And I think we take that beat for granted Mm -hmm. that, you know, our heart is beating. And during this last year, wow, to feel your heart beating and connect with that heart beating is really an awesome practice that, as you beautifully said, we have control over. And there's so many things happening in the world right now and in life in general that we don't have control over but what you can control is what you bring to yourself correct absolutely absolutely so what what have you found over this past year in terms of um, the stress that you're seeing I mean I imagine it's been more so in your you know in your business and working with moms and helping people to find their way what which stress of the three that you've described, have you seen manifest most?
1: So very interestingly, because I'm human, just like everyone else. And I'm, I always say I'm a lifelong student, and Mm -hmm. I I teach what I need to know Mm -hmm. and learn. And so what I actually downloaded and actually realized through my work of Coaching moms, and just also with my own trial and error and experimenting and learning through my life, is that we actually go through a cycle. It's actually a very prominent four stage cycle that when we're experiencing, like I said, meltdowns or feeling frazzled or feeling kind of living on edge and not being able to feel in control of your life, I actually realize we go through, there's a natural process where we actually experience all three of the stressors. And so what actually, like the, I kind of call it in my work when I'm teaching moms, it's like, we are always have a choice, we can either go through this burnout cycle, or we're part of this, what I like to call balance cycle, but it's not external balance, it's inner balance through the energy management. And so how it manifests is that, you know, usually we have a period where we feel So, in control, like kind of like Super Mom. We have the to do list and we feel uh, really productive and we feel like we're in control of what's going on. We feel good about our relationship with our kids. And there's a feeling of just having it together. And then what ends up happening is that in that space of when we feel in control, enter an unexpected pivot problem circumstance that creates a ripple. And that activates our mental stress. That's when we start feeling anxious. When things happen that we can't control, everyone to a certain degree will feel disheveled. And that leads to multitasking mode, where we're going to try to control things a little bit more, micromanage things a little bit more, multitask a little bit more. And when this, this pressure builds up, of trying to be in control. And it's like the sister science. I feel like anxiety and control are sisters. So the more that we try to control, we realize there are things that are out of our control, things that are out of our power, we feel more anxious. And so that anxiety starts that rushingness pattern that we got to push through. We got to, and we don't make time for the self-care. We don't pause. We don't slow down. We actually move faster. And what tends to happen is now we're in a heightened fight or flight state. We might not have melted down at that moment, but we certainly feel that we're waking up We're taking shallower breaths. We're just like rushing and moving through the movement of life, then enter a sensory trigger. So many of us don't even really know that, um, you know, certain triggers like being in loud environments or things being too bright or, you know, wearing tight clothes or, you know, all the things that are around us in our environment with kids, like the the music's playing, the kids are shouting, the pot of water is boiling, that is very intense on our nervous system. So when we have these sensory triggers that overload our system, that we're already feeling anxious, that's when the meltdown happens. And when the meltdown happens, it means that our system is completely overloaded and we snap and we have... We feel out of control. And that's when the emotional stress happens because our body's overheated. It just can't handle what's happening outside of us. We drain a lot of energy when we're in that state of being angry, frustrated. And what we find is that now we're in this low energy state. And after the meltdown, it leads into this state of the cough imbalance or the physical stress, which is the shame and the guilt. And if we are living in that space of "I'm such a bad mom, why did that happen? Why did I do that? And we turn to what I like to call diet soda, self-care practices. Like we do do the rejuvenating practices of really rebuilding our energy, slowing down, nurturing ourselves, um, nurturing our resilience reserve. We drink the wine, we watch the Netflix, we, um, you know, eat the chocolate, do the eat the ice cream, all these things that kind of keep us in a heavy vibrational space. So our thoughts are low, our energy is low. And then we are really good at pushing ourselves, our ego will beat ourselves up to then be like, you need to do better, you have to do better, you should be doing this, And you push yourself back up into what I like to call that unsustainable super mom mode where you're then like trudging. Okay. I got this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try harder. This is, you know, you set the intentions and then you get back into this cycle. So that's what I've noticed is that Mm -hmm. we are been, we've been following this pattern. If you notice that there's this pattern that happens, you're feeling anxious, you're melting down, you feel bad about yourself. then you push yourself to be super mom again? There, this is the pattern that we're living in. And that's what I've been really helping um, moms build awareness of where they're at in this pattern, how it manifests for them, and then really training themselves to that what I call like that balance cycle of like mm-hmm. energy balance from the inside out using the right breathwork tools and movement practices and self worth practices throughout this phase so that you're not in the burnout cycle You're more in this inner balance cycle as you navigate life and the challenges that it's going to naturally always bring. We're not changing any of that.
0: Yeah. and, And you described me as a parent when my kids were little. They are 27 and 23 now. But that super mom cycle of, you know, melting down, doing it all, doing it all and thinking I should do it all and then melting down and being on overload. I don't think we had Netflix back then, but, um, you know, the wine and the ice cream and, and the, um, inability to see what self-care truly was. And so it wasn't self-care and maybe a lot of moms can, uh, can relate to this. It was fill, you know, fill the void of feeling somewhat empty by giving, giving, giving as the super mom, super person. And so the void was filled with, you know, habits. Uh, and they weren't necessarily self-care habits. And I think years ago, we didn't have this understanding of how important self-care is and what it actually is. I know in my work, I'm teaching people what self-care is, and it's not necessarily wine, Netflix, ice cream, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, really practices that energize us, not necessarily from a, from a Food and and nutrients, if you could say that about wine, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh, liquids, we'll call it liquids of choice. But I think that, you know, understanding how important self care is, what it is, and that it's selfless, not selfish. And that took me years to understand as I went through, you know, what you just described so beautifully that cycle of, you know, refueling with all the wrong things so I could continue to be the super mom I expected myself to be and others started to expect too. So, you know, I think that's the really, uh, the the crux of it all is that we have to understand what balance looks like and how we bring it to ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've, I think we're doing a better job now starting to understand that it's not about external balance, like all like my personal, my my professional life, like if we focus so much energy on making all of that balance. We're forgetting a key component, like inner balance needs to happen in order for the external situations and relationships and circumstances to feel imbalanced. So my real goal is that taking an inward out approach and really just seeing the beauty of when we do balance the inside, how our external life is simply just a reflection of what balance and ease and flow and doesn't mean that we're not going to feel triggered. It doesn't mean that we're not going to feel irritated and emotions don't arise. It's just that we're able to see these surges of energy, this intensity of emotion and not be carried away in either extreme. We're able to use practices to kind of help us stay in this middle ground, not be so Um, You know, disheveled by it, if that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. And I I think a a lot of what you describe or what you are describing requires us to be quiet at times, to listen to what's going on inward, to actually hear the inside story, inside vibration, inside energy, and what needs balancing inside. And oftentimes we don't stop to be quiet. So I imagine you bring a lot of that to the people that you work with to help them. I know I do but to help them in terms of connecting with their emotional, mental and physical stress that might be going on.
1: Yeah. Just like our body needs movement. Our mind needs stillness. It just, is just the key components of, you know, being efficient through our work, being efficient to how we feel. It's just, that's like the innate part of us. And so going back to that, exactly. Like, finding stillness, but also using breath work as a key of, because we don't always need to just feel calm. Sometimes we need to feel energized. Sometimes, you know, we need clarity. And so we need to bring more energy into our body. So it's just being aware of what you need at that moment. Do you need to, to slow down your energy? Do you need to boost up your energy? Do you need to cool down and slow down and surrender and then meeting yourself where you need by using the right tools?
0: It's beautiful. And, and as you're talking, I can still see myself years ago on that hamster wheel, of yeah. like supermom, not giving myself the ability to step off, right, to step off. Because when you're super mom and you're trying to fill that role and believe you should fill that role, yes. it's hard to step off because what will happen then? So I mean it's you know it's a long time ago, but I I keep the visualization so that I don't forget where I was and where I am now. And I think you know it's an important piece for for so many people um, to know that you know we, you and I both were human. We've been you know places that many are now, and uh, that's why we're here to help.
1: And, you know, it's very encouraging also to know that this is a human experience, right? Because I'm a mom who is, you know, I'm currently pregnant, have two young kids, so I'm in it right now. And uh, it's really also very uh, humbling to hear like someone who has grown children, you it's the same experience, right? It's Mm that you experience something very similar. And I think um, that creates the humanity that we are all like, there's nobody who's special and doesn't have to go through this. This is the human experience that we've been called to navigate and learn and to experiment and try and learn. And, you know, it's just, it's a growing process for all of us. And uh, to be able to bring tools and have tools, it really does shift our energy into parenting, but also like you said about self-care, right? So much has been brought to mainstream about self-care. And now I feel like we're talking more about self-worth. And I feel like my work really has been gravitating to that is like, how do we cultivate this unwavering self-worth so that we don't define ourselves that, I'm worthy only if I'm a patient parent. I'm worthy only if I make X amount of money. It's Mm -hmm. that I'm worthy because of who I am, not because I'm a mom, not because of my roles, not because what I do or what I achieve. It's simply because of the divinity of who I am, the power of me being a soul, I'm worthy. And Mm -hmm. I think like shifting that energy will shift our narrative of being that super mom, having to do that, you know, rather than, I should be doing this. I have to do this. This is what other moms do. This is what a good mom does. It's that, what do I feel inspired to do? Like using flow in alignment and, um, being very honest when our energy is not aligned, even in parenting, I, I'm very honest with my son if he, you know, he needs something or is demanding something from me. And I said, "Mommy's energy is not not there right now, but can you give me a few minutes or can you give me a little time?" Um, You know, it's just being very honest of what you need and if you need space or if you need it to be quiet or whatever it needs to be. I think just owning that without um, apologizing.
0: Yes, I I 100% agree. And just by being on this earth and breathing. Like the hand on the heart makes us worthy just by being here. And I, I think, you know all of this does absolutely, like you said, tie in. And the more we actually honor where we are, share it with our kids, you know what we have energy for, what we don't, what space we're in, and show up honoring ourselves, the more we're teaching them how to do that too.
1: Mm, absolutely. And you know, for me, like, cause I work specifically with kids and I truly believe that this awareness and these conversations and being honest with them is a part of the journey and mm-hmm. giving them knowledge. Like when I talked about sensory triggers, for example, you know, that's something that like with my six-year-old, we have sat down and we've made our own personal lists of like, what are your sensory triggers? You know, and he knows now, like if, too many people, if it's too loud, if it's too bright, what triggers him and giving them the knowledge and the awareness of maybe these environments, if I'm kind of in a heightened state, uh, it's going to make me feel uncomfortable. It's going to make me feel a little edgy or it's going to make me feel a little angry or frustrated. I think it's just invaluable to share that with our kids too.
0: Absolutely. And I know you do a lot of work in that area. And the more we bring this to the children's attention and give them tools and abilities to, you know, an awareness to move through it, the more they're going to be adults honoring where they are, who they are, how valuable they are, and not fall into, you know, some of the old fashioned ways or, you know, super mom, super dad ways that uh, perhaps, you know, different generations have shown up. So, I'd love for you to tell our listeners where they can learn more about you, because I'm sure you've intrigued a lot of people who want to hear more about your work.
1: Yeah, so um, you can find everything about my podcast, my book, um, myself on my website at Um, On my website, you can actually order um, a personalized signed copy of Meditation for Kids. So basically how we talked about breath work for moms, my goal and my, my mission is to translate ancient Yogic and Ayurvedic practices, but make it very, very playful for families to learn. Um, so you can get a personalized signed copy or you can buy the book anywhere Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble. Um, and uh, my website, or I told you my website, my podcast is called the Time and Talks podcast. And I'm also very active on Instagram. Um, and you yes, you me- are. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can find me at Tejal V. Patel. So it's like a mix of, you know, parenting tips and uh, mindful, you know, mindfulness tips for kids and just funny, fun things. Because sometimes we forget that life can be so serious that it's important to be able to have laughter and fun and be silly and playful. So
0: you'll see that too. You bet. That is super important, for sure. Thank you so much for being here, sharing your wisdom and knowledge with all of us. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Remember, every moment is a new moment for conscious connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend,